Good evening. It's good to be back in the Lord's house tonight and thankful for this wonderful opportunity that the Lord has afforded to us. And I, again, feel very much in need of your prayers as we try to break the bread of life and present the gospel tonight. And if you're here tonight and you've never been saved, um, you, need to, you need to make peace with God while you have time and opportunity. We want to encourage you, if God has let you know you're lost, and any time, even while we're trying to preach, uh, if God is dealing with you to a point where you feel like you need to come up here and pray, you just come on. Uh, you don't have to wait till I get finished. I want to preach till the Lord is through with me, and then I'll be done. But if God continues to deal with you and deals with you before we ever get finished, then you just come on and you seek the Lord tonight. I'm going to begin reading in Ecclesiastes, the 12th chapter, a familiar reading verse, and I don't think I've ever preached uh, from this particular, I've preached from these scriptures, not this particular lesson tonight, and so you pray for me as we try to relay what the Lord has placed on our heart. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 1 says, Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. While the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened, nor the clouds return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble and the strong men shall bow themselves and the grinders cease because they are few and those that look out of the windows be darkened and the doors shall be shut in the streets and the sound of the grinding is low and he shall rise up at the voice of the bird and the daughters of music shall be brought low also when they shall be afraid of that which is high and fears shall be in the way and the almond tree shall flourish and the grasshopper shall be a burden and desire shall fail because man goeth to his long home, and the mourners go about the streets. Wherever the silver cord be loosed, or the golden bowl be broken at, uh, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern, then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. That was reading Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 1 through 7, and these first few verses of Scripture are speaking of warning for those that are of youth and of maybe of a youthful age to remember your Creator. Remember your Maker, who God is, and that He's made you. And you need to, you need to realize who that He is and the power that He has of where that He is going to send you. Whether if you're saved, He'll take you to be with Him in heaven, but if you're lost, He'll send you to a devil's hell. You need to remember your Creator in the days of your youth because there's coming a day where it won't be as easy to seek the Lord. There'll be issues and there'll be struggles and as old age comes on, there's going to be hardships, there's going to be things. Uh, the keepers of the house that tremble, your hands may begin to shake, you may begin to bow over, uh, your teeth may begin to uh, fall out, you may not have as many teeth and you might not be able to see as good. There's going to come things in life that you're just going to get older. You're going to get older. There's going to be times in your life when you get a little older that 
You uh, maybe rise up early as soon as the birds begin to sing and you be afraid to climb up on top of uh, ladders and climb up on high things. You're going to get older and that's just the fact of life. If, you, if the Lord allows time to go on, you're going to get older. So He says, remember the Creator in the days of your youth because there's coming a day when your life is going to be over. Your life is going to be over. Or ever the silver cord be loosed, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel at the cistern. Uh, listen, your, your body is functioning and it's moving and God has designed it in a way that blood pumps through and oxygen through your body and God is making you alive right now, but one day He is going to make you dead. You're going to die. Listen to what it says in that fifth verse. And also when they shall be afraid of that which is high, climbing high things, and fear shall be in the way, and the almond tree shall flourish, and the grasshopper shall be a burden, and desire shall fail, because man goeth to his long home, and the mourners go about the streets. Tonight I want to preach to you about welcome home. Brother Casey sung that song the other night, and I really appreciate it. Appreciate it very much. I've never been one to call hell a home. Just haven't liked that. Hasn't had a good ring to it because I don't believe it is a home. But tonight I want to talk to you about welcome home. When he says long home, when you look up the translation of what that long means, it actually means eternal. It means your eternal home or your eternal house, your eternal dwelling place. Do you know what home is? Many of you all should know what home is, at least here. You should have a place of refuge and a place that you can go. And uh, it is, it's home. It's where you can relax and be with your family and people that you love. It's a place where you can lay your head down at night and rest. According to Webster's 1828 Dictionary, home is a dwelling house. The house or place in which one resides. It is also the grave or death or a future state. So tonight, your house or your home is your body that you're in. Your soul is inside of you and it's living on and it will continue to live on. But this house... You can only stay in it for a certain amount of time. God has allotted that time and this home that you have here, you may dwell in different houses, physical buildings, but really and truly, your home in this world is your body. It's, it's where you live. It's where you're at. But there's coming a day where you will not be in this short home anymore. You'll be in a long home. An eternal home. Tonight, I want you to reflect and think about when you finally get to your home. Will there be welcomes there? Will there be greetings there? I want you to think about what waits you when you go to your eternal home. Will there be terrors or will there be treasures? It's only one of two places that your soul will go when you leave the walks of this life. When you leave this body, when this home goes back to the dust of the earth and you go to your eternal home, it'll be heaven 
or it'll be hell. There's no in-between with God. No in-between with God. Read the Scriptures. Look from cover to cover. We see that it only speaks of two places that you'll go when you leave the walks of this life. And that uh, eternal place that you'll be in will be where you'll be. For as uh, we were just singing about and Brother Casey was just making mention of, way more than 10,000 years, uh, 10 million years, 10 trillion years, you can't fathom the amount of time that you'll be in eternity. Because it's not measured by time. It continues on. You will continue on. Eternally. I want to read a few verses of Scripture. You all know this verses of Scripture. About two individuals. I want you to think about their welcome home. Luke in the 16th chapter in the 19th verse, there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. He was a wealthy man. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Lazarus was a poor man. Because Lazarus was poor is not why he went to heaven and because the rich man was rich is not why he went to hell. I can tell you why each individual went where they were. One was saved by God's marvelous grace. He had a time and place where God spoke peace to his heart and the other one didn't. That's the facts. And it came to pass that the beggar died. He ended his short home and went to his long home. You say, I didn't think you thought hell was a home. I don't like to call it that. But it is the dwelling place where you will go if you don't make peace with God. The beggar died. Listen. And it came to pass, the beggar died. And was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. Lazarus, the beggar, he was saved. When God, when his life was over, when he laid down this short home that he had that lasted however long that he was here, all the troubles that he had, those sores that were all over him that the dogs came and licked, He laid that old flesh down and he went to his long home. He went to eternity to be with God. He went to be with the Lord and he laid down everything that was here and he went to his long home. And the rich man also died and was buried and in hell he lift up his eyes being in torments and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Now, I believe the, the Scriptures for what Jesus said. You, uh, and you may say this is a parable. And if it is, to God be the glory. Jesus used parables to teach us about things. But I believe that there are people that are burning in hell this very night. And there are people that are in heaven this very night uh, that are in their eternal home. You see, He was in hell. Lifting up his eyes, being in torments. There was 
tears that were there, torments, there was pain and suffering. And he could see he had his senses. Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. What's in that long home? Flames of fire. Fire, pain, suffering, torments. You say he wanted... The dip, uh, uh, dip, send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water to cool him, uh, cool his tongue. I don't believe that a drip of water would have cooled his tongue. He wanted relief. He wanted to get out of that long home. But it was the long home. It is the long home. Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus' evil things. But now, in Lazarus' long home, he is comforted. Thou art tormented. And Lazarus was carried by the angels. I believe what the Bible says. Carried by the angels, not his body. His soul was carried by the angels. Into the presence of God. You know what he got? He got a welcome home. Welcome home. You finally made it home. You know what kind of welcome the rich man got? I don't know that he got a welcome home. He got to see the outer darkness. He got to hear the screeches and the screams. And the pain and the suffering. He could feel his pain that he was in as the flames surrounded him. As he looked up for some relief, he realized there's no getting out of this. I'm home. He had a nice home here. Maybe God's blessed you with a nice house. Maybe He's given you a nice Body to house your soul. He's blessed you with the physical ability to talk and breathe and move and do the things that you want to do in this life. I want you to know that body is going to the dust of the earth. It will not live on eternally. Your soul will. He said, "Thou, He is comforted and thou art tormented. Beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. What is he saying? In layman's terms, you can't go there, and they can't come here. Once you're in your eternal home, you're there. You're there. Then he said, I pray thee, if I'm not getting out, If this is my long home, therefore, Father, if Thou would have sent them to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Hell is not a party. Hell 
is not somewhere where there's a, a, an image of a, an individual that's there with a, a, a pitchfork and horns coming out of his head and fire shooting out of his mouth and uh, there's people down there listening to music and having a big time down there. There's none of those things. That's what the world says. Hell is eternal punishment. He said, I don't want my brothers there. Somewhere that you're going to be forever. and You don't even want your brothers there. Must be pretty bad. He says, Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. They have the Old Testament Scriptures. They have Moses and the prophets there. I let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. Tonight, would you turn to the Lord with all your heart? If you saw someone come from uh, even before life, uh, come from eternity and tell you about what hell is and what heaven is, I'm afraid there'd even be people that wouldn't even repent. If they'd heard how awful of a place that hell is and how beautiful of a place that heaven is, there's still people that wouldn't repent. He said, if they don't hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. You're living in this house right now. Where you're at is okay. But I want you to know and be warned that uh, if you don't make peace with God and make preparation, you're going to a long place where you will never, ever get out. Jesus, I, it, if we read the, the Gospels, Jesus preached a lot more about hell than He did heaven. He tells us and warns us to flee from the wrath to come. In Mark, in the ninth chapter, in the 43rd verse, He says, And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. And He's not talking about physical matters of your hand actually offending you. What He's saying is, if there's something that's hindering you from being saved, you deal with it. And you get it out of the way or else you're going to burn in hell. If thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed. Enter into where? Into your long home of heaven than having two hands to go into hell. The first place hell that we read about translates to the grave. This hell that Jesus is making mention of right here is Gehenna. It was also a place that the Jews and the people would know about. Brother Casey preached, I made mention of it last night in his sermon. It was known as the Valley of the Son of Hinnom. Jesus told them about a place that they would be able to understand as close in this world what hell was going to be like. It ain't even close, I don't think. But it gave them a little glimpse. He says, Into the fire that never shall be quenched, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. Now, I hope I've sparked your curiosity a little bit about that valley of the son of Hinnom, and about Gehenna, and about that long home. And I want you to know, Jeremiah knew about that place. 
And God told him what to do about going and preaching to those people in that place. In the 19th chapter of Jeremiah, it says, Thus saith the Lord, Go and get thee a potter's earthen bottle, and take of the ancients of the people and of the ancients of the priest, and go forth unto the valley of the son of Hinnom again. Hell translated to Gehenna, which was also known as the valley of Hinnom, or the valley of the son of Hinnom which is by the entry of the east gate, and proclaim there the words that I shall tell thee, and say, Hear ye the word of the Lord, O kings of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will bring evil upon this place, of the which whosoever heareth his ears shall tingle, because they have forsaken me, and have estranged this place, and have burned incense in it unto other gods, whom neither they nor their fathers have known, nor the kings of Judah, and have filled this place with the blood of innocence. Who's the blood of innocence? He's not talking about animals. He's talking about the blood of little children. That's who he's talking about. This message might be a little bit disturbing tonight. Hell is a whole lot more disturbing than this message would ever even dare be. Jesus was referring to a place that the fire would never be quenched. Of the place like the valley of the son of Hinnom. That was a trash dump. And they took those children and they went there and they sacrificed them to Baal and these other gods. What kind of place is that? We don't have anything like that here. These little babies that are being aborted. These children that are being murdered. Mutilated. It breaks my heart. I can't can't hear the screams. But I almost can. When on parents... Manasseh, I believe it was, made his own children, wasn't it? Passed through the fire. Parents put their own children in these burning flames and they watched them burn to death. You say, that's not hell. That is a picture of hell. That's where you're headed to your long home if you don't seek God and be saved by God's marvelous grace. Listen. They filled this place with the blood of innocence. They built also the high places of Baal to burn their sons with fire for burnt offerings unto Baal, which I commanded not, nor spake it. Neither came it unto my mind. I believe there's times where God wishes He could look away at what horrible things that are going on, but He sees it. He knows what's going on. He knew what was going on in those days. And there's coming a day of reckoning for every one of those people that burn those children in a fire. And there's a day of reckoning for every single child that's been murdered. There's a day of reckoning. Listen. He says, therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord. At this place shall no more be called Tophet, nor the valley of the son of Hinnom, but the valley of slaughter. Tophet means drum. 
My understanding is it's also like a tabor, small drum. My understanding is that those children were crying out so much, while they were crying, they'd beat drums to try to drown out the cries of those children as they were screaming. This is so unpleasant, but it ain't close to hell. The screams in hell, you can't imagine how loud the people. Have you ever hurt somebody in pain? Have you ever screamed out for being in pain and agony so much so that you can't get any kind of relief? It's like that all the time. It's like that all the time. And there ain't no drums there. There's no way to beat out the sound of those screams. Maybe you go to the person next to you and you say, stop it. I can't hear it anymore. I can't take it anymore. And they look at you and say, well, you're going to have to because it's the only way I can try to get a little bit of relief. But there's no relief. No relief. They don't care about you. You ain't going to care about them. Nothing good there. And hell is just as real as you're sitting here tonight. Just as real as I'm standing here tonight. You say, God would not send me to hell. He's too good of a God. You're exactly right. He is too good of a God. That's why He made a way so you didn't have to go to hell in sending His only begotten Son that you might believe in Him and not perish eternally in hell, but that you might be saved by God's marvelous grace. He made a way so that no person would have to go there. Every single person from Adam to the last babe born in this world uh, that's here in this world, Jesus made provisions for you to be saved and go to heaven. To go to the real long home. But if you don't take advantage of it, you'll be just like that rich man was that was more concerned about his riches. He didn't care about Lazarus. He didn't care about eternity. And he's burning in hell tonight. You know what they'll say? Welcome home. You know what you'll have? Terrors. Terrors, according to Webster's 1828 dictionary, are that which may excite dread. You think there's things that scare you here? You ain't seen nothing yet. You've not seen anything yet. Terrors. That which causes extreme fear. And also the sudden judgments of God. Bible teaches me that while you're here in this world, maybe you think you can push it off, and maybe you can. You think that uh, you don't have to listen. You don't have to care. You can live your life how you want to, when you want to, do what you want to. Do you know God made you free moral agent you can do that 
You can spend the rest of your days living it up. You can do whatever you want to. Go out here. Just make a life of it. But when your life is over, your soul will live on in heaven or hell. And if you're lost and separated from God, it will live on forever and ever in a place called hell. And you may fight off the terrors and the fears now. But when you are there, there's no more fighting at all. Proverbs in the first chapter says, Because I have called, who calls? Not the preacher. Not the lay members. God has called. He's the one. What has He called? He's called you to repent of your sins and believe in the Lord Jesus. He's called you, begged you, and ye refused. I have stretched out my hand, and no man regarded. But ye have said it not all my counsel, and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When that terror comes, when your fear cometh as desolation, and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me. Who? Those that are in hell. But I will not answer. They shall seek me early. That means diligently with all their heart. But they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge. And did did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat the fruit of their own way. And be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them. And the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. If you listen to the Lord tonight and you seek Him with all your heart, you don't have to fear anymore. You're saved. You'll fear the sting of death. You may fear some things in this life, but as far as your long home, You don't have to worry about that anymore. God has taken care of it. You know because you hearken. Now what does it mean to hearken? It means to listen. Won't you listen to the Spirit of God as He deal with your heart? And instead of just listening, won't you do something about it? If you continue to resist and reject, you're going to be just like Pharaoh that's most likely burning in hell right now. Why? Because he hardened his heart. Hardened his heart. Rejected the conviction of God. I want you to think about when you make it home, whether it be heaven or hell, this is now your home. Who will be there? You will be there. You know where I'm going to be? Not hell. I'm not boasting. I'm not proud. I'm just thankful that Jesus saved my soul. Because I was in the same shape you were. Headed for a devil's hell. I was on my way. The judgment had been sentenced. It was ready to be carried out. And if my life was over, I'd be burning forever and ever. But because of Jesus, 
And because I believed in Him, trusted in Him, repented to God, turned to the Lord, begged Him to help me, He helped me and saved my soul. And He'll do that for you. He will do that for you and He's willing to do it tonight. Wants to do it tonight. Well, who else is going to be there? Well, Revelation 20 and 10 says, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and they and shall be tormented day and night forever. I believe that children of God, when they go home, I believe God is there to welcome them home. I really do. I believe it. And the 116th division of Psalms when the, the Lord said precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. I believe it's a precious sight to the Lord. And we can see that as Stephen was being stoned to death. Mutilated people were biting him with their teeth. And they were just torturing that man. And all he could do was look up steadfastly into heaven and say, I see Jesus. Standing at the Father's right hand. You know what Stephen got? He got a welcome home, son. Welcome home! You know who you're going to get a welcome from? The devil. He ain't going to say, Welcome home, my child. He's going to look at you, probably laugh. I got you. I got you. You thought you could get away from me, but I got you. I'm here, you're here, and we'll be here for all eternity. Get used to it. What a welcome. And I saw a great white throne and Him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. There was found no place for them. One of these days, it's all going to burn up. God's going to destroy this world. And I saw the dead, small and great stand before God. And the books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. You say, well, I thought you said that's where I was going to be. Your soul is. Your soul's in either heaven or hell. Your spirit returns to God who gave it. That's exactly what Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, the 12th chapter. And that soul goes to heaven or it goes to hell. But at the moment when this world is over and judgment day comes, those souls will be delivered to God. You'll have a new body. You'll have a new house. Have a new home. We that have been saved, oh, how wonderful it is. I'm so thankful. When I lay down this earthly tabernacle, fifth chapter of Second Corinthians, for we know that if our earthly house, this short home of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven because it's a heavenly, eternal home. If so be that being clothed we shall not be found naked for we that are in this tabernacle do groan being burdened for that we would be unclothed. Not that we would be unclothed but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. 
Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who has also given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. He lets you know when you're saved. He blesses you with His Spirit that He's placed in your heart. And it's the start of the down payment of what's really waiting for you when you get home. Therefore we are always confident knowing that whilst we are at home in the body we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. We that are God's children, oh, will not prevent them that are asleep. The dead in Christ shall rise first. We which are alive and remain will be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. The trump of God. Trump shall sound, time shall be no more. We that are God's children, those souls are going to be united with a new body and there we shall ever be with the Lord. But those that are lost, those disembodied souls that are in hell will be brought forth. They'll be united with a new body too that'll live on and die on eternally in hell. Eternally in hell. Listen. It says, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Where's he talking about? Talking about in the new heavens. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them and they shall be His people and God Himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away. And He that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And He said unto me, Write, for these, th- for these words are true and faithful. He said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God. and He shall be my son. But the fearful, I made mention, welcome home. Who's going to be there? I don't know where you're going to be. I just know where I'm going to be. I'm going to be in heaven. Where are you going to be? If you're going to be in hell, this is who you're going to be company with. Fearful and the unbelieving. That's you tonight, sinner friend. And the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second Who's going to be there? You'll be there. If you don't make peace with God, if you don't repent, believe in the Lord Jesus, the devil will be there. Murders, whoremongers, 
idolaters, wicked, wicked people. Say, God would not send me there. If you don't totally believe in the Lord Jesus with all your heart, He has every right to send you there. Every right. You were included in this number. Why is it such a big deal? Sin. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 6 and 23. The penalty for sin is eternal death. You deserve to die eternally. I deserve to burn in hell eternally. But thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift of Jesus Christ. The devil will be there. The lost will be there. Your rewards will be there. What rewards? Jesus said, where the fire is not quenched and the worm dieth not. Worm as in like a maggot, like something that eats, something that gnaws. I don't know if he was talking about physical worms. I don't really think he probably was. But I believe there's going to be a conscience and a memory that's going to replay over and over and over. The rich man knew exactly why he was in hell. Even Father Abraham said, Remember that in thy lifetime thou had good things. I think some of your worst punishment in hell will be reflecting back on this July night and see, Remember, I stretched out my hand. I called for you to come, saying, Come home, my child. I want to save you. I want to take you to heaven with me. And yet, you refused. And it'll play over and over and over and over. Even Jesus in the 23rd chapter of Matthew, as He was talking to the Pharisees, scribes and the hypocrites that Brother Casey preached about a few few nights ago. Listen, what did He tell them? He said that they would have a greater damnation. I believe that those that sat under the sound of the gospel and heard the gospel hammer pound time and time and time and time again, I believe they'll have greater judgment and punishment in hell because they had a golden opportunity. They rejected God. Where will you be? You will be home. You will be at your dwelling house. The place of the future state that you'll be forever and ever. We that are saved, what a blessing that we have when the Lord says, Welcome. You know, even the patriarchs of old in the 11th chapter of Hebrews, they confessed that they were just strangers and pilgrims. Walking through this world, I feel like they do so much of the time. We're just passing through. We lay our head down at what we call home. It's not really home. One of these days, folks, I'm going home. I'm going home. And you know what my home looks like? As 
is in hell. And He's the one that welcomes you. My Lord is my home. I'm going home to be with my Father. I'm going home to be with my Jesus. I'm going home to be with the Holy Spirit of God. I'm going home to be with God. I'm going home to be with Him. Who am I going home to be with? I'm going home to be with you. (laughs) To be with God's children that have been born again. I'm going home to be with those precious little babies that have been aborted and that have been sacrificed in the fire. I'm going home to be with those all those away from strangers I'm going home to be with the Apostle Paul and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. I'm going home to be with my grandparents and my loved ones and my friends. I'm going home. If you're lost, you better hug your loved ones while you got them. Because you're going to a place It's not home. As your rewards in hell are there, the punishments that you have that are laid out, and I promise you, according to the righteous judge, they will be correct. You'll be punished eternally in hell, and it will be exactly the punishment that you deserve for not trusting and believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. But as you have those rewards, I'll have mine too. (laughs) And all those that are God's children that make it home, we'll have ours too. In hell there's tares, in heavens there's treasures. Jesus said in Sermon on the Mount, He said, Lay not up for yourself treasures on the earth where most and rust does corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Oh, heavenly treasures. I haven't seen them yet. I get a little taste of them every once in a while. When I see somebody get saved or when I feel the presence of God, I get a little taste of them. But oh, when I finally take hold of our treasures that we'll have there, and I'm not not looking for gold. I'm not looking for silver. I'm looking for Jesus. I'm looking for the Lord. I'm looking to be able to sing and sing and sing I'm looking to be able to shout I'm looking to be able to praise God with a perfect praise I love doing that while I'm here and God's blessed us with a little taste but one day we'll have true riches true riches crown of life which the Lord will give to us that love Him Looking forward to His appearing, that's what the Apostle Paul said. We'll have a robe of righteousness. Oh, we've got riches. I believe there's some of you that probably have a lot more than me. I may not have a lot because I failed the Lord so much. But all oh, what I have, I'll be so thankful for. And you know what I'll do? I won't be wearing it like a big crown. I won't be wearing big chains. I'll be able to cast them at the feet of Jesus. And give Him the honor and glory. You know why? Because He's going to look at me. (laughs) And He's going to say, 
Welcome home, son. <laughs> Welcome home. You've been faithful in a few things. Enjoy what I've got prepared for you. <clears throat> He's prepared a place for you. 14th chapter of John. He's prepared a place for you. You tonight, sinner friend. So that when you take your last breath, wherever it is, whether it's in a hospital, whether it's driving down the road and you have a wreck, whether it's here tonight in this church house, and you take your last breath, there's a place He has prepared for you. He wants you to go to heaven. We want you to go to heaven. We want you to hear welcome home. But if you continue to resist and reject, you're going to a place of eternal damnation and eternal punishment. Where the screams will never stop. The fire is not quenched. That word quenched, not quenched, means it never stops burning. The worm dies not. You'll live on. I'm glad I'm not going there. I hope that you're not going there too. If we can, let's have a song. Won't you come home? Come to Jesus. He's made a way for you. Don't complicate it. Just come to Jesus. Seek Him with all your heart. Trust in Him. Don't put it off. One of these days you'll put it off and it'll be too late. It'll be too late. Go ahead, Brother Mike. One eighty five.